The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week, love this guy. He is an indie artist and music producer from Castle Rock, Colorado. He was formerly a fourth grade teacher and a lawyer for abused kids. The first part of his double EP concept album, Balancing Act, is available now, and part two will be available on February 16th. You can follow him on Twitter at Z-A-K underscore Sloan, and check out his website at ZachSloan.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Sloan is on the Break the Business podcast. Hey, Zach, how's it going? I'm great, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I got to tell you, man, I'm so excited to be talking to one of my favorite follows on Twitter. (laughs) One of the things I really like about you is just the way you operate social media. It's just so good. It's so genuine. Like You really focus on genuine interactions. A lot of artists that I see on social media... They they see they don't see it as a two way conversation. They just kind of see it as a place to promote their stuff. They don't you know they do a lot more talking than listening. But you really get in there. You have discussions with people. You take a genuine genuine interest in what other creators are doing. What drove you to use social media that way? Is it something that you're purposeful about, or does it come naturally to you? Uh, both. But I re- I was initially got on Twitter just because I thought it was the most interesting um, social media platform. Um, and that's where I'm definitely the most active, but I worked with one of your former guests, Cheryl B. Englehart about just sort of honing in how I operate my, my music career. And one of the things that we, we talked about was, you know, don't just sell, sell, sell. And she, and I, and she's talked about this on your show. Um, don't just sell, sell, sell. Like that's, that's annoying. Go, go meet people and meet cool people and be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, those are the things and I've got to meet really cool people that way. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little both. I, I naturally like talking to people and talking a lot, but, uh, also Cheryl was just like, dude, you, this is a, this is a conversation. This isn't a promotion tool. Yeah. You're getting, you're really getting the most out of the platform and folks, y'all got to follow Zach on Twitter at Z-A-K underscore Sloan. If for no other reason that there's enough mean people on Twitter, like he's the, <laughs> One of the few nice people that you'll find on the platform. So that alone is enough reason to follow the guy. Um, I got to say, I'm also thrilled to be talking to you because you're a former lawyer and a teacher. So basically, you're me if I actually had musical talent and the courage to leave a more boring job for a more exciting one. Um, Talk to me a bit about that transition from your former careers to what you're doing now was that a tough shift like did you have to have some really awkward conversation with your family or loved ones when you told them that music is what you're going to be doing now no it was super easy really so yeah the the long and short of it is as you know i talk about a lot in my in my story that i was an attorney for abused children and that's true but i didn't go straight from that to music i actually hit a point of sort of psychological burnout on doing child abuse work. And so I thought if I switched over to something that was less, um, you know, difficult day to day that I, that I could survive in law. And so I did some corporate law stuff for about two years and just found myself very bored. And so I called 
one day I just had this, like, I was just like, I'm done. And I had been planning to like work a year and then switch to halftime law, halftime music. And just one day I, I couldn't do it. And I called my wife and I, I left the office and I went and I talked to my wife and I just said, I called her up and I said, I, I want to quit. And she's like, yeah, you should. You're, you're not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so I called, I have like a support group of people. I called my mom, my dad, uh, my aunt Doris, who I'm very close with, my best friend, Ann Luna, um, who's a fantastic musician in her own right. And they were all like, yeah, you're, you don't like doing this. You should, you've been a guitar player for 20 years. You should go do that. And so it was really easy. (laughs) Wow. I mean, without getting too deep into stuff that makes you uncomfortable though, like was, were there financial challenges? I mean, like, you know, teaching and practicing law, those are, you know, those are stable professions that tend to have predictable paychecks and music mm-hmm. is well, not. So like, right. was that a difficult transition financially? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't just, you know, you mentioned I, I make my music and I, I produce other artists. Uh, you know, I play a lot of gigs. I also, I teach a ton of lessons. That's why we're having this conversation later in the evening than I would like to do to you. Um, because I was <laughs> teaching lessons today until about 20 minutes ago. Um, you know, I hustle whatever sort of side side income I can get. It's definitely not as easy as, you know, the nine to five. Um, but I love it. It's fun. Yeah. So for people who are people who are in your shoes right now, who are maybe, you know, in that kind of stable job, but, you know, music's their real passion and they find that they're not getting fulfilled from what they're doing on their nine to five. Do you have any advice to them about how they could make that transition? You know, wh- what would you have wished somebody had told you when you were in that position back then? I'll tell you, I think the, mis- I don't know if it was a mistake, but the thing that now I'm looking back on it going is, you know, maybe just outright quitting, leaving law and doing music was not the best idea because I didn't have a great idea of how to ru- run a business. And in in hindsight, being 2020, I think if I had found a way to do like a part-time children's attorney, part-time music, that might have been a smarter idea just from the income perspective um, to, to sort of go from – because I was going from a steady paycheck to zero paycheck, whereas I could have maybe transitioned that better. Um, that's definitely, I think, a, a consideration. But if you're to the point where you're like, I, I'm going to do it and I really want to – the thing I, I would recommend doing is before you do that, which is this is not what I did, is to figure out how many different streams of income you can really have, um, because teaching is a is actually a fairly stable income source when you're a musician. There's there's never a shortage of people who want to learn how to play guitar or piano, so figure out what other little things you can do besides making your own music or producing or whatever it is to sort of keep income coming in when those other revenue streams dry up a little bit. Uh, makes a great deal of sense. Um, I, I notice I keep hearing kids coming up as a theme for you. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we can see the similarities in what your passions are when we talk about you being a fourth grade teacher and also representing kids, you know, in the dependency system. Mm-hmm. So, has that thread continued to follow into your creative life? Are you inspired by kids with your art? Absolutely. Um, in fact, on my EP. EP one of balancing act. There's a song on there called that is now, which is specifically written about, you know, from the perspective of a kid, a teenage boy in the foster system, not a particular boy, but these kids I was working with. And so I was 
trying to communicate to the outside world what it was like to be them and keeping in mind, and I know full well, I'm not them and I don't have that experience, but I was watching these same struggles. These kids go through every single time they go through the system, these different kids. And that definitely impacted my art. Um, you know, I wrote the song avalanche off that record about what it was like to be a brand new attorney who just a couple months into my practice, I had a jury trial. And if I lost, there was a very strong probability that this abused kid was going back to the house that home that abused him, you know, and just wow. those stressors that sort of bleed into the art. Oh my God. Yeah. I can definitely see how that would inspire some really powerful creative work. I mean, bless you. I, I, I did some work as a volunteer guardian at Lightum before. And, but I mean, even that's like small potatoes compared to what you're doing. Cause you know, when you're a gal, ultimately you're just kind of making a opinion on a kid's placement that, and the judge is going to make kind of the final call. Mm -hmm. And you're really looking out for the kid's best interest as opposed to just being a, a real advocate. But I can just imagine, you know, all that pressure being on you facing a jury, it's definitely got to inspire a lot of art. And it's uh, exciting to see how you're weaving that life experience into your music. And staying on this subject of music here, um, I am sort of impressed by how you do split your time into these two different roles when it comes to making music. You create your own work, but you also produce the works of others. And you know, I, I see a lot of indie artists operating in this space, and I'm always interested to see how it is for them to wear these different hats. Do you, do mm -hmm. you find it's a challenge for you to be Zach the artist and then be Zach the producer? Like, you know, is it is it dif difficult to separate those two lives? Is it just difficult, you know, functionally to kind of separate the time and make sure you devote enough time to both of these two projects? I think me having a background in education actually helps quite a bit because when I'm in my producer role, my it's not that different than being a fourth grade teacher in as much as that I'm just trying to get the best performance out of the person in the room. And when I taught fourth grade, I was just trying to get the best performance out of that kid. And so that part doesn't doesn't mess me up too much. I'm pretty good at moving back and forth. The time management piece is a little different because, you know, when a, somebody call, calls me up and wants to do a single or an EP or a record or whatever, um, I take those gigs because I think they're really important for a couple of reasons, but I have to clear my schedule then to do that. And I very rarely will say, no, I won't work on your thing because I'm doing my thing. Usually what happens is, is yes, I will do your thing. And then at three in the morning, I will do my thing um, <laughs> <laughs> because it, I just, it's just so important to me to get to work with these other artists that I, I just clear my schedule to do it. So the time, the timing can be tricky at times, but it's usually not too bad. I say is I scrunch my face up. So I, <laughs> <laughs> are there any time management tricks that you found that are just generally helpful in your music career? I imagine as a former lawyer, you're no stranger to the difficulties of having to like manage a schedule and get the most mm -hmm. out of every minute. Uh, what works for you on the music side in that regard? Um, you know, every week I look at my calendar, usually it's Sunday night or Monday morning. I look at my calendar and I sort of see what are my goals for the week, what projects do I have, what gigs do I have, um, rehearsals, all that. And then I set out chunks around that and say, okay, I have these 10 things I'm doing this week, but I really need to mix my record. So I'm going to devote three hours to it here and just block off, um, use time blocking and block off multiple pieces of, of chunks of time so that I can make sure I get everything in. And nine times out of 10, I don't get everything in. But at least I'm doing something as opposed to sitting around wondering what I should do. 
it's much better for me to spend an hour to an hour and a half scheduling my week and then just try to follow it rather than sort of do it on the fly. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Planning is critical. And I love that you brought up time blocking. That's something we talk about a lot on this podcast. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're giving us the call back there. I think the listeners have really benefited from your insight. And I, I do want to give them a chance to hear some of the music you've created because it's really, really enjoyable stuff. Uh, the song we're going to be playing right now on the podcast is Next Saturday Night, which is off the first half of Zach's double EP called Balancing Act. Again, part two of that album comes out February 16th, so keep an eye out for that, folks. Before we play your song, Zach, I am curious about something. So you got these tracks, and instead of releasing them all as one album, as like one 12-track album, you split them up into two EPs that you're releasing at different times of the year. What what motivated you to embrace that format? You did. Ah. Um, so, and that's that's true. I'm not. I, I that's not a joke. I, like I've I've spent a lot of time reading books by Ari Herstand and listening to your podcast and working with all, all these other indie artists. And the thing that keeps coming up is that we're in the age of streaming, and people don't necessarily have the attention span to listen to a full record. I mean, I even look at my clients. I've had one client recently who wanted to do a full LP. Everybody else wants to do EPs and singles. And so I thought, does the world really need another 12 song LP? And I thought not really. And I, so then I decided it would be more interesting to break it up in sort of a two part piece where the first, the first half bouncing act EP one bar crawling tells the story of me playing the bars in Texas to passing the bar and becoming an attorney. And then, <laughs> yeah, see, you get it. And then bar two, a part two, your honor, which comes out February 16th was to finish the story of like up to me leaving the, the practice of law. And I did it because I wanted it to be a suspenseful thing. I wanted there to be a sort of a cliffhanger moment in those two records that would make you want to listen to the second one, but also not be this 12 song piece of, art that is ultimately very sort of emotional can be really deep and might be too much to take in at once. So I split it up. I'm trying to do my best to hyper create, as you say. And that was sort of the way I, it just hit me one day that like, I should just split it up and make, make two EPs. <laughs> I dig that. Obviously hyper creation is something that we value a lot around here. And we talk about the usefulness it can be for artists to break up your releases so that you know your fans get, you see, basically you have more content creation, moments and opportunities to share with your fans so you don't just put out an album and then you know it's two years before you put out the next one and then your audience forgets about you i love the spin you're putting on hyper creation by instilling a narrative element into it by breaking up these two releases you're spreading out a story where you, you tell the first half of it and as you noted there's a the cliffhanger and people are going to be waiting to hear the second half of this story to see how it all gets resolved. I love that. That is so, so cool. All right, let's play uh, next Saturday night here so people can listen to a great track off of the first half of your double EP. We're going to play that right now on the Break the Business podcast. Phone buzzes in my pocket she ain't in the mood for talking I went her girlfriends and got into the bourbon Snap a shot with nothing to hide I'm tearing through the night I'm not wayfaring but I'm digging what she ain't wearing And this might not be best for us Sometimes bad is good enough If you got trust, I'll keep it Tell me Victoria's Secrets and Leave a trail to your bedroom Make believe this is the truth, maybe we're lonely, maybe we're only 
Off of the first part of his double EP balancing act, that was next Saturday night by our guest, Zach Sloan, here on the Break the Business podcast. That, Zach, thank you so much for letting us play that. That was tremendous. No, thank you for playing. Well, um, I do want to say it's it's really heartening to hear your story, Zach, and how, you know, when I'm hearing the names you're mentioning, like Cheryl B. Engelhart and, you know, all the other folks that you've talked about that have helped you out along the way, like uh, Laura Allen and... And just the fact that Ari Hurston, that the fact that this kind of community of music industry people, you know, the, you know we're, we're, we're here to try to help indie artists out. And the fact that, you know, all of us have sort of contributed in some way to the success that you're having, it, it's really game changing for me. And uh, it's so cool just to see this, to see you grow and to see you continue doing great things. And it's been fun and really gratifying talking to you. 
Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artists to help them move their careers forward? Yeah, and it's not going to be too surprising for for you to hear, Ryan, that you know I think collaboration is really the key to moving yourself forward. the The reason I, I'm able to produce some of the great artists I get to produce is because I've worked with somebody that they know, and then because of that positive interaction, you know, they word of mouth comes to me. And it, it's not just in the immediate music scene. I'll I'll write people, I'll write songs with people via Skype. I'll talk to, like you mentioned, Laura Allen. I'll seek her counsel. I'll seek counsel from Cheryl Engelhart, Suze Polinsky, all these people I, I'm going to and just saying, hey, I, what what do you think? Let's talk. You know. And if I'm in the same city as somebody I know from Twitter, I'll, be, I'll hit them up for coffee and just not even a business thing, just to chat and, and get to know people. So collaborating in a musical sense and also collaborating in a personal sense, because I think the music business, like almost every business, is really about relationships. Support uh, Zach Sloan. He's got this double EP balancing act. The first part is out now. Part two available February 16th. Zach, I'd be remiss in not uh, giving you a chance to shine the light on some of the great artists you've been producing. You've been sending me some excellent tracks lately of some really great artists that have been very well produced by you. Uh, Do you want to take 30 seconds and give shout outs to some of the great artists you've been working with and maybe tell people where they can find their music? Absolutely. In fact, I actually have a playlist um, that I'll put up on my Twitter that is a playlist exclusively of artists I've produced. Um, Just some stuff I'm really proud of. So the newest record I've done was Alyssa Stoner. Her Ella Luna record came out, or the EP came out, and it's fantastic. I was really proud of that. I did a single with Liz Marvin. She's at Liz Marvin Music um, on Twitter. Jeremy Facknitz, he's a fantastic singer-songwriter who we did his entire album in a day, which was wow. super cool. Yeah. Dan Manley's a fantastic piano bass player. Um, Kelly Spicer, I, we made a really cool sort of folk rock album together. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anybody that I'm leaving out that I need to mention? Well, I'll tell you what you can do for us, Zach. Um, send us the link to that playlist. I'll make sure we get it in the episode description. Perfect. Yeah, I'll send you the playlist. And yeah, it's just a, it's a collection of songs I'm really proud of. Right on. He is the nicest follow on Twitter, people. Follow him at Z-A-K underscore Sloan. That's S-L-O-A-N. And check out his website, ZachSloan.com. Zach, thank you so much for being on with us this week. Ryan, uh, I just got to say, I made it a goal in 2018 to have done something cool enough that you would invite me onto your podcast. And I'm a little late, but... I'm gl- it was a it was a real benchmark for me to have somebody who has this great podcast say, hey, you've done something worth talking about. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh, bless you. That means a lot. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week.